0: podcasting from the Star Group, home of the iconic Dressable Lions. This is Beyond the Known, the podcast that takes you a step beyond what you know about business. I'm your host, Paul M. Newberger, president of the Star Group. On today's episode of Beyond the Known, our guest is Josh Bayless, personal risk manager right here at the Star Group. Mm-hmm. Joshua, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, Paul. Happy to be here.
0: Can I call you Joshua?
1: If that makes your day brighter, I'd be happy to let you call me Joshua.
0: Anyway, Josh, very excited to have you here. So you're one of the newbies here at our agency, and it's certainly a blessing to have you for a variety of reasons, and we're going to explore that in further detail during this conversation. Let's start from square one, shall we? Why insurance? I guess to peel it back
1: a little bit, it comes down to like, you know, what do you want to do in the marketplace? And the thing that attracts me the most is just helping and serving people, And insurance is a very broad market that is pretty stable. It's going to be around for quite a long time and it has been around for a long time. So to me, it's just kind of an open place to really serve people at your best ability.
0: So talk a little bit about your career in this industry and really what you've learned along the way. Sure.
1: Well, I was a little bit hesitant to get into insurance. To be honest, my dad had been telling me for years, you should get into insurance. If you're going to be in sales, this is what you should do. It's relationship oriented. If you're going to stay in an area, do that. And I just, it wasn't attractive to me, but over time opportunities opened up and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to take my dad's advice and kind of jump in and see what this is all about. And started with a direct agent with a large carrier and enjoy the conversations I had with customers. The relationship or, you know, aspect of the business is awesome, but you, you start to realize it's quickly commoditized. And depending on how the conversation starts and is set up, there isn't as much of an emphasis on being an expert or more of a consultant or kind of managing someone's risk is just not as big as how much money can you save me? Because this guy said he could save me 15%. This guy said he could save me 10 or whatever that might be. So it has been a journey of moving from, hey, this is a great industry to sell stuff in and save people money and whatever you might be able to do to man, you really get in into people's lives and, you know, all the stuff that they accumulate and the things that they build and the things that they work really hard for, you are doing your best to fully protect those assets and those resources and those, you know, the efforts that they put in to build those things. And so to me, it's really evolved into more of a, you know, you're a guide for someone going through this land of confusing contracts and You know agreements and bylaws and different organizations and different expectations and my job is to really give people peace on what they have and knowing that safety net they think is there is really there it's not full of a bunch of holes which a lot of times it is
0: so one of the things that i've noticed is you just have an innate ability to connect with people pretty quickly your clients stay your clients. People like talking to you. And, and again, this kind of goes back to my sales brain. I've got an idea of why this works, but what would you say, Senior Bayless, is your secret to building long lasting relationships? Because you seem to be pretty gosh darn good at it.
1: I guess this is going to pull more of my personal life into it, but my faith is a huge aspect of who I am. And it's really difficult to make strong relationships with other people if you don't really have a strong sense of yourself. And that's not necessarily an insurance question to ask or, you know, this is a totally different topic, but a lot of relationships in my experience comes down to being confident in who you are. So confident that you don't feel like you have to impress someone. You don't have to show how expert, how great you are at talking or how big the words are that you know. And it comes down to, can you look someone in the eye and be your genuine self? And they, people can see that. I mean, they look in your eyes. I mean, nowadays it's less in the eyes and maybe through a zoom call or you know, a distance meeting where you're six to eight feet away, but you can still see someone's face and see someone's eyes. And to me, it just comes down to me knowing that I have a specific set of rules that I operate by, and I I live by those, and I breathe by them, and I'll die by them. And me living in that confidence allows me to not care as much about what other people think about me and allow me to focus on the other person, on the other side of the conversation. And it just takes all the pressure off. And so when I'm not stressed about what they think about me or how they're going to perceive what I say, it allows them to just be the focus of the conversation. And I enjoy that. I love learning about people. I love hearing their stories. And frankly, a lot of times people share stuff with me that they, they're they like, I haven't told that to anybody. I'm honored that you feel comfortable sharing it with me. But yeah, that's probably the, the back to the core of the question is just knowing who I am and being really confident.
0: Well, I'm a bit of an onion peeler here at Beyond <laughs> the Known. So when you give me something, I'm going to peel that layer back. A peel away, bit. my friend. Yeah, it was a good answer. But one of the things that you said that I kind of glommed onto is you said these are the rules you live by. Yeah. What specific rules do you live by?
1: Well, I'm a Bible believing Christian. Jesus is number one in my life. And that's not, that's offensive to say at some point. That's not PC. But to me, whether someone believes that or not, people respect people who really know what they believe and why they believe it. I didn't just jump into it. I grew up in the faith, but I also didn't live it out and I walked away from it. So yeah, you could look in the Bible and see 10 commandments and we've all heard about those to some degree, but there are certain, you know, let take for instance, don't lie. I think we all can agree that you don't lie to other people is a good moral to live by. But unless you have really concreted that as something, I will not cross that line. And when I, I have lied before, just being honest, but it always eats away at me as a person. So it doesn't stay with me very long. And I have to go back to that person. Like, you know what? I didn't, I was wrong. I didn't say what I meant or, so I'm not coming to this, you know, conversation, assuming that I live these perfectly. No one does, but a lie is a lie, you know, and not even, If it's advantageous for me or if it doesn't really hurt the other person, it doesn't matter. Still lie. And it all comes down to kind of a, you're selling yourself out. This is me talking to myself, but so it's, you know, don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie. But then also there are some positive rules I live by, which is like always look for the positive in someone else. Look at, look for a way to encourage someone. That's, it's not necessarily a rule. It's just what has somehow developed in my life is just a way that I operate so you know I grew up in an environment of a lot of sarcasm and cutting people down I got really good at it and then I realized shoot like if you get really good at sarcasm you could start cutting to people's cores really quickly and even if it's a joke and they they brush it off it's a relationship like withdraw and they might not even be willing to tell you so for me I just realized man it's really important to have a set of You know, things, the ways, ways that I operate and, you know, not lying is a big one, but also, you know, not putting things above my God is really important. So not idolizing things that really don't belong there. They don't give you anything back and really they just take from you and they kind of steal from your core identity. So those are a couple of them.
0: You touched on something that I want to go a little bit deeper with because Mm -hmm. I think this is a very important topic, especially since we're having this conversation right now. I think two of the worst words in the English language, political correctness. Mm. And I know we live in this PC society today where you have to watch everything that you say because you may offend somebody. Now and again, I don't think we want to go out of our way to offend anybody, that's not anybody's intention. Why is it a bad career move to surrender to the PC police?
1: I've been thinking about this a lot lately and it just, Almost for a second, forget about PC and remember what it was like when you were a kid on the schoolyard and the idea of bullying is a big topic. And it was a big topic for a while in schools and it still is now it's cyber bullying, but it used to be physical bullying when we were in class all the time and you know, I didn't grow up with cell phones in my pocket and social media, so bullying was to your face and pushing you down on the playground and all those things. To me, I equate PC to grown up bullying. Really what it's coming down to is, you know, I thought we were supposed to be able to believe in what you want to believe and say what you want to say. As long as you're not intentionally cutting someone else down, you're allowed to have your beliefs and sometimes they're offensive, but that's okay because that's your belief. I don't agree with everybody. So I think we've taken it a bit far and I don't want to downplay the genuine people getting hurt and there are mean people in this world that intentionally try to hurt people with their words. But we take it too far when we try to shut everyone down from saying anything that they believe. And really, it's getting to the point where people are afraid to share. Even from just a, I want my mind to be heard. They're afraid to share it because someone's going to bully them. That's literally what it is. It's just adults being bullies. And you say one or two things that you believe in, and all of a sudden, someone's calling you this laundry list of names that... They're just kind of trying to, they're trying to hurt your feelings and then push you back. so you stop talking. So to me, whether, whether I agree with someone or not, I am 100% impressed by someone who's willing to say what they actually believe with confidence and know why they believe it. Like you can believe whatever you want, but if you've done the work and studied it and, you know, really thought it through and you can portray that in a conversation, man, that's impressive. I may not agree with you. But that, like, I enjoy talking to people that I don't have the same beliefs with because it sharpens my acts. It sharpens my thinking and my thought patterns because a lot of times it just opens up perspectives I hadn't thought about before. And it's, you know, if what I thought was wrong, then shoot, taking it back to the drawing board. Let's rethink this and maybe thank you for sharing that with me. And I, to me, when I have a disagreement with somebody, you know, I I typically try to thank them for being open and sharing and I have found some really surprising responses from that, even on social media where arguments and all this political correctness, like people just started, you see these social media, you know, people just start fighting on a chain that's not even theirs. And they take up two days of conversation and comments because they're fighting back and forth. And uh, I had someone try to start that with me. And I just said, Hey, you know what, you know, I agree with your, you know, ability to share your thoughts and I am 100% open to hearing them, but if it's if we can't be respectful i'm just gonna say hey i'm happy that you have your opinion and i'm i hope you have a good life and you know but we're gonna end this conversation because it's just gonna turn into a nasty brawl so i don't know to peel that back a little bit it's just people need to be more thought out about what they're doing and what they're saying and then be confident in who you are and be willing to speak it don't be pushed back by bullies
0: the one thing that i would say is you are very comfortable in your own skin. I know it's not always easy, and we've talked about this previously as well, but when you're on LinkedIn, you are being your true self. I see posts about your family. I see posts about your God and your religious beliefs. I see you not just sharing a meme. Hey, look, here's Buddy the Elf in an image. We're gonna play it safe. No, no, this is, I'm gonna take a somewhat unpopular stand here because this is who I am and this is what I believe and what I've loved about watching you in this regard is it's not like you're putting these posts out to a vacuum. Yeah, You're getting hundreds of likes. You're getting dozens of comments. People are responding. So tell me, why do you think that is? Why do you think so many people are receiving this so well on social media?
1: Well, the first is just giving props to you because you're the one that coached me on just how to effectively use social media. And I was one of those people that ran away from social media. I, frankly, I hated it. I didn't see the value there, and I just saw you know, people get sucked into feeds and they just feed scroll for hours. They're not really getting value from it. But then I started to, you know, watch what you were doing. And I've been observing you, you know, and on the social media feeds and just kind of watching on Facebook and LinkedIn and different different platforms for a while. And I've always respected your, again, your authenticity and you just being yourself. And I think there's a bunch of positives to that. I and mean, yeah, you're going to get people that don't like what you have to say, but that's okay. Cause that's always going to be the case. And if you try to be everything to everyone, you're nothing to anybody really. Cause eventually if you're trying to be everything all the time, you go really shallow in everything, you know, and there's just certain areas that you're going to resonate with people. And what you taught me on, on social media is just you being yourself and being comfortable to yourself and, and putting out the content that you like, if you do it well, in a way that engages people's minds, their thoughts, their Conversations and you build relationships. And I have started to realize that this is a, you know, social media, although it has its its pros and cons, it's an amazing way to build relationships with people, especially in the world we live in today, where this is just where people are, you know, whether you like it or not, it's where people are. And so to me, it's definitely a progress and I'm not by any means a, a master at it, but, you know, you put a little bit of effort into it and you start to see some pretty quickly, at least with just engagement. And after that, it's it's really starting to, not just look at numbers and likes, and those are cool, those are nice to have, but, you know, you can get kicked off a platform in two seconds, does that hurt yourself, does that hurt your identity, or does that hurt your, you know, your position in the world, and to me, I'm trying to keep that in a really strong perspective of, this doesn't define me, LinkedIn is not who I am, Facebook's not who I am, it's a reflection of that, and the more I can be genuine and authentic with that reflection, the more people can actually see who I am, because a lot of people are trying to portray an image on social media, and, it can be very difficult to push through the desire to portray an image that you're not at yet or that you aren't really yet. And then when someone meets you and they start building a relationship, like, yeah, you're not even close to that. Like you're all this in a bag of potato chips on your, you know, on your social media platforms. But then when I have a conversation, it's like, ah, not quite there, you know? So to me, it's like, you know, share what, you know, be in the zone that you that makes you feel like you're in the zone. For me talking about my faith, I'm in the zone. Because this is where I, I mean, I wake up every morning, I read my Bible, I pray, and I'm trying to get better at those things, not just to earn, let's say, more approval from God or more approval in my faith community, but because I've realized that the more I put into that, the better I perform as a husband, the better I perform as a father. And that's probably the hardest piece right now is patience with children, because, you know it's. I feel like it's easy to have patience with adults and we have this, you know, oh, I get it and have a little bit of grace and mercy on each other. But when it comes to children, it's like, I expect you to behave like an adult immediately. And I'm like, I'm not even behaving like an adult right now. Like, what am I doing? So that's the area that I'm putting the most of my efforts into is growing in my faith and growing in the responsibilities that I'm I've been given and applying what I'm learning in those spaces. So if I can share that journey with people and share what I'm chewing on, so to speak. And people can engage in that i'm 100 percent satisfied in engaging those conversations
0: yeah and i think what you said there a minute ago is a very important point that i don't want to be lost on our audience i do believe that we have i'm not using this term lightly but you know you talk about a pandemic yeah i think one of the real pandemics from a mental health perspective an emotional perspective is when people let their standing determine their identity. Mm. And what I mean by that, let's just look at you, Josh, for a minute, just like from a sales perspective. If Josh goes four weeks and he's crushing it, he's generating revenue, he's touching lives, he's helping people, his standing is up. Mm -hmm. Well, if your standing determines your identity, when your standing's up, your identity's up. Hey, maybe I am a good person, maybe I am a good salesperson, my life has meaning. But as you know, as typically happens, this stuff is cyclical. For the next six weeks, you're in the Sahara Desert. Your cold calls aren't being returned. People are canceling meetings. Just when you thought you had new business closed, for whatever reason, it goes sideways. Well, now you're not selling, so your standing is low. Well, if your standing determines your identity. When your standing's low, your identity's low. You're up for two weeks, you're down for four. You're up for six weeks, you're down for Who wants to be on that roller coaster ride? And one of the things that I admire about you, and I try to live my life this way, you let your identity determine your standing. You're a beloved son of God. hundred percent. That doesn't change. That's not going to change if you get 10 likes or no likes. That's not going to change if you write $10,000 of business or no business. Life is more manageable when you know who you are, or in this case, whose you are.
1: Amen to that, brother.
0: And I think that's a good point. Let's talk a little bit about, so we've talked a little bit about your personal differentiation, how you view life, kind of what makes you, you being authentic and vulnerable and everything else. Let's just talk briefly about your professional. Differentiator, because you bring a unique style here to the star group. You work with your clients in a unique way. You bring value in a unique way. How yeah. are you, Josh, unlike most personal risk managers out there today?
1: You know, I don't know. I feel like the insurance space for most consumers is very
0: dry. You
1: need know, to look at a deck page with limits,
0: and numbers. And, what is dry and, about a deck page? Woo! I'm telling on, you, what, that just
1: gets me going. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. So for me, I think it goes back to the same thing. I mean, I am constantly growing in insurance. I'm, I'm you know, three years into my career in insurance and have learned so much. It doesn't, I mean, in any industry, I, mean, I, I can only speak for the ones that I've worked in, but when you put in the effort, it doesn't take that long to rise up. Because a lot of people just aren't willing to put the work in. They're not willing to study. They're not willing to put the, you know, the the late hours in and stretch themselves, get into uncomfortable spaces. And, you know, I have found myself asking people in the agency questions frequently. And sometimes it's hard to do because it's humbling when you're like, oh, I don't know this. Can you help me out with this? But I don't mind using that in a conversation with a, a prospect or a customer. Say, hey, you know what? There are a couple people in our agency that have lived in this space for a, a really long time, and I'm going to run this by them first before I give you my perspective on, or what I think we should do. And I don't mind being transparent with people on that. But to me, business is relationships. You know, if you can build trust with somebody, and it doesn't matter if you're in insurance, or you're in car sales, or you know, you're in banking, or whatever industry you're in, financial services, it's trust and relationships. And then eventually, when you've got that trust, and you have that relationship, then credibility comes in. Do you know what your, do you know your stuff? Because as soon as you get in the door, now show me what you know, because now you got my attention. And to me, it's not too complicated of an industry to learn. There's just a lot. There's just a lot of nuances. And so I really enjoy it. And But what makes me different? It got, has to come back to, you know, that really knowing who I am makes conversations with me very fluid, I guess. I was comfortable to say it. And I've heard people on the phones in different jobs and they kind of get in a rut of this is what I say every time I talk to a customer. I say this thing and then I say this thing and then I say this thing and then I put this in here and then it comes out that way, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. But to me, I just like being genuine and kind of, I like to, I'm a conversationalist and I like to talk about different things and let people lead that. And then the insurance is like, you know, and I'll explain coverages and I make sure that we go through why I'm suggesting certain coverages. But that's less important than it is that they trust me, they know me, and they like me. And then I follow through with what I say I'm going to do. Because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to be necessarily the insurance expert. I'm trying to build relationships with my clients and then use the resources our agency has, which is ridiculous, just ridiculous the amount of resources our agency has, with the longevity some of our, our people have that are just so... I'm not saying this right, but they're really good. that Really good at understanding contracts. And that's really what insurance comes down to is, yeah, all the deck pages look the same, which is why people commoditize it so quickly. When you see an ad on TV, I could save you 15% if you just click on this link. Sorry for the voice. That what was the my,
0: heck commercial was that? I,
1: I, I'm not allowed to say because of trademarks and copyrights, but...
0: Wow, um, you must be watching a different <laughs> channel, man.
1: I don't watch TV, so this that kind of gives you an intro, but... It comes down to the claim. You buy insurance to protect you from what happens when there's a loss. And if you buy, which is where most consumers kind of f- flood the market, is based on price and premium, and save me 10 here and 15 there, and let's just say you saved 200 bucks a year. But then you have one claim, and it only takes one. And then we're always like, oh, I've never had claims. Well, it just takes one, one, and you're behind 10 years because it wasn't covered because you save 15% or you save 10% or whatever it might be that really made, made it important. So to me, it, it is really in the insurance world, it's building the value around having the correct coverage, having everything covered, having all of the nooks and crannies and all the holes that are there in those 10%, 15% savings pitches, having those covered and selling that I don't, maybe saying selling is not the right thing, but helping a customer buy coverage, not buy a discount. That's what I'm interested in. And if I can save people money, heck yeah, I'm all about that. But I'm not afraid to present an offer that might be a little bit higher because I know I'm going to sleep better at night knowing that they don't have a giant hole in their back pocket. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And for me, one of the things that I look for in a person be it a, an associate, be it a vendor, be it somebody to help me with something, is passion. And if you're listening to this and you can't see that Josh Bayless is passionate about this, maybe you don't have a pulse. You might want to get that looked at. But, you know, as soon as I asked that question about differentiation, I I said, well, I shouldn't do that because I know the answer to this. You're the only guy that I know that wears a tie with blue jeans. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised it took me that long to bring that up. Yeah. But yeah, this guy can rock the tie with blue jeans. It looks like Saved by the Bell from the (laughs) mid-1980s when you pull that style I just
1: actually the other day got rid of my shoulder pads on my jacket, so... Congratulations. (laughs) That's,
0: Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is moving. My acid
1: wash jeans, I just got rid
0: of those. So Yeah, yeah. after he watches a couple episodes of Punky Brewster, yeah, yep. you're moving in the right oh direction. Gosh. Absolutely. Well, talk to me a little bit about this because you, you, know, you talk about differentiators. You talk about resources we have as an agency, and this is one that you've really taken advantage of, mm-hmm. I would say, since you've come over here about a year ago now. Boy, hard to believe that. But one of the things that we pride ourselves on here at the Star Group is our involvement in the community. Mm -hmm. We volunteer a lot. We give back some of the financial treasures we've been blessed with. And we started a program back in early 2018 called Community Stars. Why don't you talk a little bit about that program, but I think more importantly, how you weave that in to kind of your everyday role with us here at the Star Group.
1: Okay, so the Community Stars program is, to me, I gravitated to it quickly because I care about what... Is going on in the community, especially in nonprofits, because I feel like a lot of times nonprofits are the ones that are jumping right into, you know, immediate impact in the community. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of problems that need to be solved, and there's a lot of a lot of things that need, you know, feet on the ground per se. They need volunteers and all. And, but frankly, I mean, if you've ever talked to a nonprofit, typically one of the top things is exposure and funding. We need better exposure. We need more people to know about what we're doing, and we need a better way to, to help people, you know, partner with us financially. And so, you know, I I've, I've been involved in a lot of different nonprofit, you know, volunteer campaigns and I've been involved in my church a lot with just serving and and I love hearing, you know, especially when I talk to someone who founded the nonprofit or someone who's leading it or who started it because they typically have the most passion about it. They're the one that launched it and started it and then people started to gravitate toward that their passion and funnel into that. So I've really enjoyed getting to know a lot of people that have just, they're leading their life with their passion and, you know, whether they're making a bunch of money or not, they're out there doing the best they can to see these problems get solved. And so with the agency partnering with nonprofits specifically to help fund, but also to bring exposure, to bring resources, to me that just seems like a no brainer. Like that's awesome. To me, that's, it's a unique program that I enjoy and Frankly, I mean, I'm, my church is involved in it and a couple of the churches I know about are on it, but then you've got, you know, different ministry programs in the city of Milwaukee and then just all sorts of different nonprofits. There's a couple that I've spoken to recently that I just didn't, never even knew existed, frankly. And it's been a huge blessing to me to just get to know more people in the area and find out what they're doing and what people are doing that's good. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of bad that's smothered on us constantly in media and in the world. And so to find out more about what people are doing that's good in the community is a a breath of fresh air, you know, and it brings new hope to people. And so from our agency perspective, to to me, it spices up the insurance world for me. You know, it allows me to be more involved in a lot of different things, which I enjoy. So, yeah, it's been a really great way to connect with people and get to know people. And, you know, if you're just speaking specifically from starting new relationships, there's, there's not a to me, there hasn't been much of a better way than to help an organization that someone else is also trying to help. Like, oh, you're gonna partner with me in something that's totally unrelated into in, to what you're doing. That's odd. Like, well, how you know, how's that work for you? And I mean, the Star Group is is a business. We have to generate revenue and we have to generate profit so that we can reinvest and we can hire and we can do different things. And that's a normal business practice, and that's not surprising to anyone. But when you can weave that into genuinely caring about what other people are doing and helping their causes i don't know that to me that it sits really well with me so i enjoy it a lot
0: yeah it sits really well with you it sits really well with these non-profit partners and Mm -hmm. it sits really well with the consumer because as you said insurance can be commoditized if you want insurance you can go anywhere yep But if you want to work with an organization that can help reduce your risk while also giving a portion of our revenue back to the nonprofit that you care most about, now it becomes kind of rarefied era. So if somebody's interested in talking to Josh, somebody's interested in having him look at your policies, please feel free to do so. You heard a little bit about what makes this guy unique. But again, any piece of business you do with us, a portion of our revenue is also going to be donated to your favorite nonprofit. How do they get in touch with you?
1: You can shoot me an email, give me a call, reach out to me on LinkedIn. My direct number is 414-761-4823. I'll pick up the phone. If I don't, leave me a voicemail. I'll get you back. The email is bayless that's B-A-Y-L-E-S-S, at stargroup.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-G-R-O-U-P.com. Can't wait to hear from you.
0: Speaking about favorite Josh, gosh, you're one of my favorites here at the agency, man. I Thanks, really man. do. Appreciate I appreciate it. I really appreciate this. I set the bar kind of low for this conversation, you know, because <laughs> you're just kind of coming out of your shell. But man, you brought it today. Good stuff. Great Thanks, conversation. Thanks, that said it's a, it's a blessing to have you, and certainly you're enriching our agency and our culture, and we greatly appreciate it.
1: Happy to be here. It's a blessing.
0: Thanks for listening to Beyond the Known with Paul M. Newberger. If you like our show and want to know more. Check us out at stargroup.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-group.com slash podcast. We're also available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.